Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 3, Episode 2, Greedo and Gallant. The book, Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, the year, 1995, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks. <laughs> he says, welcome to Expanded Universe. Nope, hang on. <laughs> right out nope. the gate. Okay, there's the problem. I think I see, I think I'm zeroing in on it, John. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we've zeroed in on the problem here. It's, the, it's, it's me, isn't it? <laughs> it's that you have no idea what you're saying welcome. at any point in time. <laughs> it's like the top half and bottom half of my face are just disconnected entirely. <laughs> Honestly, with the, with the right costume, I'd be a great foil for Batman. <laughs> Mouth-running man. <laughs> oh, no. Me. He does mouth-related crimes, which, <laughs> let me tell you, ew. <laughs> He's stealing the golden mouth from the mouth exhibit at the museum. <laughs> ah, yes. The museum's great mouths of history mu- <laughs> exhibit. We have the actual mummy remains of Great Ale- or Alexander the Great's mouth. Just the mouth. Though. I almost called him Great Alexander. Ah, Great Alexander. <laughs> that's what that's what the cool kids called him in history. <laughs> <laughs> just just Great Alexander. Yeah, he's Great Alexander. He's a pretty good one. He's way better than pretty good Alexander. Yeah, it is. It is an all right Alexander. Anyway, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Expanded Universe discussion podcast. There you go. That's that's what it should be. That's all I need to say, and I never do. No, it's fine though. <laughs> that's that's fine. We don't need that to happen. We don't need a good seamless flow into our show here. That's fine. Nope, nope, nope. Anyway, I'm Jeff. That's John, and we are making our way slowly but surely through tales. From the Mos Eisley Cantina, a book ev- edited by Kevin J. Anderson. But this chapter, The Tale of Greedo, uh, was written by Tom and Martha Veitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, Greedo's tale can't necessarily start at the cantina because, you know, he pretty famously dies there. Yeah. Well, I, I fucking love that at the end of the last episode and the when we ended it and what i was just sort of making fun of what i assumed was going to be in the chapter actually is what's in there yeah i was like oh it's gonna be greedo and he's gonna be a little kid and he loves his mom very much and that is literally what the chapter starts with more or less yeah and i knew because i had been reading ahead a little bit i I got stuck in a very long uber ride the other day so i read the first three chapters of the book Ah. just to kind of push along so i didn't want to i didn't want to uh, say anything when you were talking about that because i was like yeah i know it it definitely starts with greedo loving his mom and oh man doesn't she ever smell great <laughs> i was like this is i don't know why i assumed that what they would do with greedo is be like oh let's try and make him as sympathetic as possible so that when he gets killed by han you're like oh what a dick well they kind of do that they almost do that but they also make him the biggest dumbest idiot ever yeah, so this is actually a pretty fun story just because it's it's basically like presented as a de- decision tree for Greedo, almost like Greedo has his own little Bioware game that he's playing through, and you're watching a Let's Play of it as the as the person actually playing decides to just torpedo this poor Rodian's life. Oh yeah, he's like, guys, there's a secret ending you can get real early in the game if you make every bad decision. Let me show you it. <laughs> yeah. and there's a point where you really kind of want Greedo to gain like self awareness in this story and be like, please, please don't make me do the stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Poor Greedo. <laughs> Gleefully choosing the leftmost option in the Bioware selection thingy. Oh, no. not again. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Please don't, don't. I don't want to kick the puppy for no reason. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, this book opens in the jungles of some unnamed planet, uh, where Pequiduck, who is Pequiduck. Gre- let's for, let's talk about this right away. We've met one other Rodian in our time period, hanging around in the in the universe of Star Wars here on the show, and that's Greedo's uncle Avaro, uh, Avaro Sakul. Yeah, uh, so cool. He was so cool. Uh, I think they gave him the closest name to Greedo as possible. Like they were like, oh, let's just call him something Greedo esque. Uh, how about Ardo? No, too close. We'll go with Avaro. Well, but Avaro, avarice? That's like greed. Uh, Avaro. Oh, God, you're absolutely right, aren't you? you damn right I oh, am. Oh, my God, that's so bad. I fucking hate that book so much. <laughs> but at least in this book, it's all fun alien names for everybody. So we start actually hanging around with uh, Greedo's little brother, Pequiduck. Pequiduck is a great name for a little brother, by the way. Oh, it completely is. You're like, oh, this... This tells me everything I need to know about this little brother. I can definitely see Pequiduck wearing way too much winter clothes and he can't get his arms to stay down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pequiduck's running around like, Mom said I can't get wet in the squirt gun fight. <laughs> Pequiduck needs a birthday present at your birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that's Pequiduck. That gives you everything you need to know. Uh, Pequiduck is hanging around in a jungle near a cave opening and he is scared but putting up a brave face at the beginning of this chapter. He hoots into the darkness. Hoot. Well, yeah, you know, it's Rodians. They got those, they got them hoots. They got them hooters. They got a big old hoot face. <laughs> if you don't remember what a Rodian is, of course you do, because it's Greedo. Obviously the most famous non-main character hanging around in the cantina. Yeah. Uh, he has four ears. Two of them are funny, like, bicycle horn looking things, and two of them are regular elfy looking green ears. Uh, he has a big old elephant trunk nose. Yeah. And also that's his mouth. And he's got big, multifaceted, reflective black eyes. Yeah, and uh, sucker fingers. And sucker fingers, yeah, which looks stupid. Like, every single set of hands in the cantina, they all look like ill-fitting kitchen gloves with crap glued to them. Yes. <laughs> which is almost definitely what they were. <laughs> Obviously, yes. <laughs> so uh, so that's Greedo, and Greedo is in the cave. Oh no, he's in the cave of wonders. So after a while, with uh, Pequiduck getting more and more terrified by the sounds of the jungle, uh, he hears from his brother Greedo, who's hanging around in the cave, and says, basically says, it's fine, come on in. Hey man, it's cool. Everything's cool in this cave. I am definitely not being coerced to bring you in here by some some deadly murderer. Yeah, that's definitely what happens. And uh, finally, Pequiduck ventures in, and uh, wouldn't you know it, there's spaceships in there. Oh, yeah. Inside their spaceships, three silver spaceships. Three silver ships. And the lion takes control. (laughs) Uh, uh, God damn it. (laughs) You didn't hear that coming, did you? No, I didn't. I did not at all see that coming and you got me i'm uh, I'm willing to say that you got me (laughs) old they might be giants gets my favorite kind (laughs) so uh, there's a couple of silver spaceships in here and this basically helps us to establish that greedo and his little brother have no idea what spaceships are i mean they're they're like these i think these are spaceships but these two kids have lived in this jungle their entire lives. Yeah. And they, they have very little concept of the world beyond the 200 or so Rodians that live with them in a tiny jungle colony. A little jungle village. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, while looking around at these cool spaceships, they, they at first they're terrified, but then they realize as they're looking through them, there's like beds and kitchens and stuff in these things. So they're starting to get the idea that, hey, these are like civilization things. We <laughs> These are civilization things. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh. there's like a settler in here and a warrior. And Gandhi's nuking everybody. <laughs> Just civilization things. <laughs> yep, there you go. There's the joke. There's the joke you needed, John. There's the and news. I was able to do it, even though I fucking hate Civ games. They're just not my speed. Oh, yeah. That's fine. They're 100% that, mine. I'm willing to accept that they're actually great games. Oh, they it's are, it's the same as me in Skyrim. I cannot stand that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, But you're willing to accept that it's like, you know, a triple-A title that's actually really well made. It's just not your genre. Yeah, I'm just not into that. I'm going to go run around an open world and look for stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, so... Uh, Civ's not my thing, but I was able to get the Gandhi joke out there, so we're fine. Everything's, everything's fine. Everything's we, good. We can push forward safely. <laughs> you and me can go out <laughs> into this bright, big world knowing that it has been done. We don't have to take off all the days past since someone f- dropped a civilization joke or opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Sign that we have hanging above the office. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Greedo resolves to ask his mom what these things are all about. He thinks to himself, well, Paquiduck's too young to know about this, but I'm definitely not. Paquiduck's a wiener. I should know about what's going yeah. on here. Well, we get the, the I'm the older brother and I hate my little brother sort of thing as a running joke throughout this. Uh, Greedo basically just belittles Paquiduck with any given opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, he's sitting around using random wood from a tendril nut tree uh, to carve of an image of one of the spaceships. Yeah. And there's his mom, and she's stripping down tendril nuts. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> and we get a little description of what life is like around here. There's about 200 Rodians. They're very peaceful. They eat tendril nuts. And uh, once a year or so, there was the great annual Manka Cat migration. Yeah, it's the only time that he ever sees anyone in his village actually like get weapons out and do anything. Is yeah. To protect the village against the Manka Cats. Yeah, you got to watch out for them Manka Cats. Yeah, they're uh, all manky. <laughs> They're super manky cats. They're like a pizza that you left out without putting in the fridge. Oh, they get all the cheese gets all manky. Uh, (laughs) It's the same thing here. Uh, It's weird to me that the annual migration of manky cats only happens once a year. You'd think that you know the cats have to go back. Nah, they just stay there. No, it's like salmon. (laughs) That's right. It's like salmon. Even salmon go back. It's just littler salmon. You'd have yeah. Well, that's why they don't need to worry about like the manka kittens. (laughs) It's just baby manka kittens. It's yeah. Once a year, the most adorable migration happens. Yeah, just little kittens are like they're just rolling through the jungle fighting with each other. (laughs) One of them just batting a tendril nut around. Oh yeah, dude, those tendril nuts are covered in little strings. Are you kidding me? A manka kitten would go crazy for that shit, right? Yeah. That's adorable. That's the untold part of this story that I think we really needed to spread to the people. Guys, let's let's dig deep into the manka kittens. Let's talk about manka kittens for about uh, how much time left in the episode? About fifty-one minutes, John. Yeah, they're about. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he Greedo goes up to his mom, who is named Neela, and and says, "Hey, mom, what's up with the spaceships?" And what? she's like. Why we got them spacey what's, ships? What's going on? There's a mountain nearby full of spaceships. There's like three of them, three silver spaceships. Uh, and, and she's like, oh, geez, okay, I gotta, I got I don't want to talk to you about this because I'm supposed to wait till you're an adult, but fine. Whatever. All right. So you're not from whatever jungle planet we're on. You were born on Rhodia. Uh, you were like two when we had to evacuate because Rhodians have the dumbest cultural history ever. Uh, uh, yeah, Rhodians are apparently big on hunting they're just every single star wars species is big on hunting i mean we got to talk about th- this is just the, a retelling of the whiphead story from the previous chapter and then we got you got no grease and every everyone loves to hunt yeah 
You so, got them, uh, what the fuck, Bosks guys. Bo- yeah, but Trandoshans. Trandoshans. They, love, they love hunting. You got your ganks. They love to fucking hunt. There's just there's just hunts, uh, Mandalorians. Yeah, it's they even mention Mandalorians in this fucking chapter. Yeah, they sure do. I'm like, why do you keep mentioning fucking hunters? Stop it. It's so, yeah, apparently Star Wars is just crazy big on species that learned to hunt. There's a lot of predators, basically. Yeah. So in this case, the Rodians learned to hunt in the big jungles of their home world. And eventually, they kind of, you know, industrialized, like every other planet with spaceships, and picked up, like, subsistence farming into real farming into, you know, agricultural raising of wild livestock, and then they had no need for hunters anymore. And so... Except that's not true. Yeah. Uh, so, so apparently there weren't enough hunts, uh, hunts available to go around for all these Rodians. So they all started hunting the most dangerous game, man by, and by man, I mean, Rodians. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that happens in your culture where you're like, oh, we don't need to hunt anymore. I really like hunting. I gotta hunt something. Hey man, why don't you, uh, why don't you take off? I'll give you about two minute head start. So they they started something called the Clan Wars, which is just Rodians hunting Rodians, which you hate to hear about. Yeah, and uh, man, unfortunately, fucking Greedo's dad, a bounty hunter, was like, nah. No, we're good. I, I found plenty of hunting for me to do. I'm a bounty hunter. Uh, it's right there in my title. Yeah. I don't need to go hunt other Rodians. That's real dumb shit you guys are doing. <laughs> this planet is ridiculous. and uh, it, But unfortunately, that didn't sit well with other clans who were worried about his political clout because he could potentially i guess vote out the legal right to just hunt random rodians whenever you want and so they hunted him and his family and he's dead and his family got chased away by an evil clan leader named navik the red yeah he was like i'm i'm just gonna murder you guys the the test the testus yeah tetsus? yeah the tetsus tetsus uh, yeah and back on rodia they were known for all of their forging capabilities and they were known as tetsu the iron clan yeah, yeah obviously of course so, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sigh. <laughs> but but anyway, they managed to hide on this random jungle planet. Although Greedo's dad died in the escape, yeah. Uh, and now it's been maybe eight or nine years. They've been quietly living on this planet. Uh, Paquiduck's been born here, uh, and they've just decided to hide in the jungle forever because Navik the Red will definitely kill them if he ever figures out where they are. Yeah. So they're like, ah, oh, we'll just hang out here. It's fine. I, I I'm not sure why. I mean. They, he killed their political leader. They don't feel. I don't feel like there's really all that much advantage to killing them anymore. My guess is that it's a contract thing, and he has to. Well, from what I gathered from the reading, I feel like uh, Navik the Red is in charge of things now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. And he's like, oh, I'm hunting down this family because not hunting Rodians was an affront to our culture, and we need to hunt them down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so... Basically, he definitely needs to hunt all of these guys down and kill them forever, and we're sure of that, and that's why they all have to hide. Plus, I mean, that does give you at least one target for your people to go after instead of killing your own dudes. That's true, yeah. They just keep all your random Rodians running around the space lanes looking for these damn Tetsus. Yeah, you're like, look, you want something to hunt? Here are some dudes who ran away. Yeah. Go for them. Go find them. Chat's uh, clan, which is the name of Navik's clan. Yeah. Anyway, this this chapter of the uh, of the book has subchapters with headings in it. And the second subchapter of the Greedo story is called Red Navic. So you know that can't be a good thing. Yeah. Like, right away, that, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts with uh, Paquiduck and Greedo hanging around in some tendril nut trees, because they're like fucking Smurfs on this planet. Everything's tendril nuts. <laughs> it's all it's tendril nuts all the way down. Yeah, tendril nuts and big old Manka Azriels. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get those Rodians and I'll 
turn them into gold or keep myself young forever or whatever the I, fuck it is I do. I don't, I don't really know what my whole end game is here. I'm Gargamel. <laughs> I just need Smurfs. I just, I really want some Smurfs. <laughs> I'm a compulsive buyer. I <laughs> my family keeps telling me I don't need Smurfs for anything, but they don't understand. They don't get it. <laughs> That's why I have 17 trampolines in the yard. I need them. <laughs> oh, Gargamel. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're up in their, their tendril nut trees, and they see a big red spaceship uh, descending from the sky. And uh, they get scared and run to tell people. Uh, they go to the mountain, and sure enough, there's Neela hanging around with her brother, Nock, who has been keeping the spaceships in good repair all these many years. Oh, yeah, because Neela was like, oh, we should have... I don't know, boarded up that fucking entrance or whatever, because we we shouldn't be tempted to leave for some reason. I don't know why she was against having the spaceships in working order, but now her fucking brother's like, oh, who's right, motherfucker? It's yeah, me. It's me. It's Nock. I'm the right one. Uh, so they start loading up the ships, and two of them manage to take off and get away. Uh, a random portly manga cat hunter named Ski emerges from the jungle and is like, just go. They killed everybody else already. Everybody in the village is dead. Let's just do this. Yeah. So they load up, but the third the uh, third spaceship is destroyed. And that's where Greedo was, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> and then the next cha- chapter is just, oh, and uh, the Greedo you saw in the uh, cantina, <laughs> no relation. Different Greedo. <laughs> Different Greedo. Anyway, we're done. We're going to go through the stories of the deaths of so many Greedos. <laughs> Guys, it's time for the many deaths of Greedos. The next one's Greedo the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> so, myocardial infarction. Yeah. yeah, yeah weird. the way a lot of huts go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the lifestyle. <laughs> so, so, anyway, he was on the second spaceship, so he's fine. And they are headed towards Nar Shaddaa. Yeah, which we haven't talked about before. No, we've not talked about Nar Shaddaa, and I know because I've played the MMO. Well, here's the thing. Nar Shaddaa is a great place for video games, and it's in, like, 90% of Star Wars video games. They always go to Nar Shaddaa. Well, it's, yeah, it's a big, like, casino planet. It's, well, it's, it's so many things. Okay, so Nar Shaddaa is in hut-controlled space. Yeah. Uh, it is basically a grimier Coruscant, like it's an all-city planet uh, with vertically ascending super tunnels that take you to people to various levels of the planet. The huts that live there control casinos, and there's all kinds of fun, like random diversions you can do. But it all has a seedy underbelly to it, where everything's yeah. like crime. It's like a, a, a mafia planet. Yeah, it's just crime planet. It's great. Yeah. And, and, of course, because it's hut-controlled, it's covered in aliens, and that means it's real fun to set Star Wars levels there, so you could just run around blasting random, like, I don't know, Grands and Gamorreans and stuff that are just sort of running at you going, rawr, 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 garble. Yeah, so uh, it's it, it's been there all the way since, like, Dark Forces and stuff like that. You always go to Nar Shaddaa. Fuck yeah, you do. Uh, now, one thing that's notable about this is Nar Shaddaa uh, is an expanded universe thing, and it became canon during the Clone Wars cartoon. They finally went there uh, once. So it's it's an officially canon planet now, but the reason it's in this story and why it's so central in this story is the first. It's an old place in Star Wars continuity. The first time it was introduced was in the Dark Four, or sorry, the Dark Empire comic book series, ooh, which was written by Tom Veitch. Oh snap! Yeah, so that's this is just him going back to his well. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah. So uh, so that's why we're we're showing up on Nar Shaddaa, which is you know it's fun for us to finally get a chance to to prattle on about evil alien Coruscant. Yeah, uh, I like Nar Shaddaa. It's, it's it's a neat place to be. Yeah, it's a cool Star Wars location. It's basically like, hey, if you think Coruscant's great, wait until we pack it full of stinky aliens. It's like, you know, the sci-fi Old West where you've just got people running around and there might be like a shootout in the streets, but mm. you don't really care. You're just going to work. There might be a monster down on level seven. No one's sure, but no one ever comes up from there. 
Yeah, yeah. well, no, we, no one's going to go to level seven. That's way the fuck down there. Yeah, fuck pod six. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are jerks. <laughs> uh, uh, so... So the uh, Rodians arrive at Narshada and settle in. And the plan is they're going to get jobs and lay low until the heat dies off, and then they're going to find another jungle to go settle in. Yeah. They're like, look, we're just going to chill here because the space lanes around Narshada, being that it's a giant, you know, hut-owned central area, is choked with people. Mm -hmm. So the idea that, you know, anyone would be able to find them after they went through this, they're like, oh, we'll just hide out here because it'd be very difficult to track where anyone went. So the guy who's in charge of the Rodians now, and that's Nock, basically says, hey, guys, we're going to live down here. You're all going to get jobs as, like, house servants and stuff where you won't be in the public eye and stay out of the main thoroughfares and concourses or else chats of hunters will find us. Which leaves me wondering, like, how do you identify clans? Can, is, it, is it a smell thing? I mean, I don't know. Because it could just be like, ask them, hey, are you a Tetsu? Uh, no. No, I'm not. I'm a Zoop Doop. Oh, I love the Zoop Doops. Yeah, no one hunts the Zoop Doops. <laughs> Those guys are great. <laughs> the other thing that this keeps dragging up for me is, what's up with Avaro in this situation? I mean, because we've been oh, to Rodia. Yeah. No, that is that is my question. I was like, okay, so if he's part of this clan, like he's the uncle or whatever of, of, Greedo. of Greedo, then he should be getting hunted. I mean, theoretically, that means he's Nox's sister, and or he's Nox's brother. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, it uh, could be Neela's husband's brother. I mean, you know, whatever the relation happens to be. He is connected to, to this clan. But when we've been to Rodia, there weren't any clan wars. It was just stinky casinos and lisping casino owners. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's got some sort of deal going on where he's like, oh, I'm under protection as long as I stay in this casino. Maybe that's why his last name is so cool. Because he was like, <laughs> well, i got to come up with a new na- last name for myself or they'll figure me out. Oh, what's your last name? Uh, it's so cool. It's so cool, my last name, you guys. And they're like, all right, so cool. You got it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Ob- write that down. He's like, uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Put an extra C in there, though, so it doesn't look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be stupid looking. <laughs> Avaro, so cool. <laughs> but yeah, it just kept calling up. Uh, every time I was reading through this, I was like, what about Shadows of the Empire? Did, did they communicate with each other? I don't think they did. No one has ever communicated anything between each other with these writers. I think it's mostly just with Shadows of the Empire guy. I think, because uh, as we read through this book, you'll see that all of them are a little connected between these stories. But uh, I think Shadows of the Empire guy was like, no, fuck you. I take no information from anyone. Huh. So anyhow, that's Nox's plan. Nox's plan is... You know, just get jobs and lay low, and we'll be here for a couple of months. Nine years later... Yeah, smash cut, nine years later. They're still chilling out on Narshada. It turns out that they just sort of acclimated to city life pretty efficiently. I was like, oh, turns out no one's really looking for us here, and it's a giant fucking city planet with a hundred-something levels to then also go through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of easy to hide here. Yeah. So, uh, so it turns out that, you know, spending nine years in a big city planet has more or less acclimated... Greedo and Paquita quite efficiently in particular because they were young and and uh, impressionable when they got here. So now Greedo's just a straight up street gang idiot. Oh, he's just such a dirtbag at this point. Yeah, he basically is turned into like a, a silent Bob type. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> Paquita is 16 and still just sort of a fun kid riding around in his repulsor bikes and having a good old yeah, time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do a sweet jump, guys. Watch me. Watch me do it. And meanwhile, Greedo's leaning against the wall of a liquor store like, Puh, whatever. Oh, that's dumb. I could do that, Stupid too. Stupid babies. Except the government took away my bike because it was classified as a lethal weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's literally what Greedo was doing in the, when we re-meet him at 19 years old. He is leaning against a wall complaining about how his little brother sucks. Yep. 
So he's chilling out, and he we get a description of him. He's given up on childish things. He traded away his repulsor bike for a sweet pair of boots. Oh, these sweet boots. He stole a Rancor skin jacket from a vendor. And at a certain point, I start to wonder if Rancors aren't just fucking super common in the Star Wars universe and that Jabba just had one because everyone has one. See, now, I went the opposite way where I was like, fuck, how expensive is a Rancor skin jacket? How did you manage to steal that from some guy? I just assume that Rancor skin, like, Rancor is the only big animal anyone can think of when they're writing a Star Wars book, so they just use it. You got Rancor, Bantha, Dubak, and that's it. And, and no one cares about a Dubak skin jacket. Oh, but you, I mean, Bantha skin is basically your standard leather, though, wouldn't it be? I mean. Because they're basically huge cows. I mean, it should be, but they're from a complete backwater, nowhere, dangerous planet. No, no one's going to farm shit on Tatooine. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the sand people are selling things to other folks. They're just standing out in the desert with gaffy sticks saying, Huarn. <laughs> <laughs> same <laughs> so <laughs> i don't think bantha leather is all that available on the open market it'd probably be rarer than rancor at this point in the eu i don't know but I, anyway, I have no idea what's going on with rancors here so, but he's got a jacket he's got a jacket made of rancor and also uh he has learned how to steal trunks off spaceships and sell them to a mechanic fences yeah he's got a, a buddy named scup uh well no uh, scup is the species uh, oh, yeah. his, his name is Anki Fremp. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Anki Fremp. Let's talk about this, because this is definitely prescient writing in the Rick and Morty style. <laughs> like, this is definitely a Rick and Morty creature that we are introduced here. Anki Fremp, the Sionian Scup Biomorph. Yep. There's no way that's not from Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> He's but, got skin like Dianoga cheese. Which, let's, okay, first of all, everyone knows the Dianogas are cephalopods. <laughs> They are big squid things. Come on now. They don't have cheese. I like to think that in this situation, it is that when, when a Dianoga owns some cheese, it gets slime all over it that changes the color of it. See, it's, it's not Dianoga cheese like cheese from a Dianoga, but Dianoga's cheese, like cheese possessed by a Dianoga. See, I was imagining it like, you know, when you refer to like head cheese. Oh, like, yeah, That's sure. not cheese. So I was like, oh, Dianoga cheese is when you take like some Dianoga bits and let it like get rotten a bit and then that's a delicacy somewhere. Bonus content report. I looked up Dianoga cheese to see if it would be useful as Yeah, so did I. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be clear. Sionian scup biomorphs have a page entry that says, these guys are the color of Dianoga cheese. You can click on that. Dianoga cheese has a page that says, this is a cheese the color of Sionian scup biomorphs. Pays. So um, that's all we get about Dianoga cheese. He's waiting for Anki Fremp the Sionian scup biomorph, I can't get enough of that, to uh, to show up uh, because the two of them are going to go loose or like lift car parts and sell them and then they'll use the the money from their sales to buy cool jackets and skin t- uh, skin jackets and and uh, what else was there? Uh, well, the big one obviously is Yerk Music Cubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yerk Music Cubes. Let's talk about this because this is definitely what the young kids are listening to. The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and yerk off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh. You know, jizz is actually an offshoot of yurking. I don't know if you knew that, John, but yeah, but but you uh, know, yurking came first. Yeah, yeah, yurking. Yeah, originally the the concept of yurk came first, and after a lot of years sp- with musicians spent yurking, eventually jizz was born. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, jizz really came out of yurking. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a well understood Star Wars musical tradition. That's true. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> yurk. Uh, god damn it at least it's just more than one mo- word re- or letter removed from like jazz you know yeah i don't know what yurk was originally I like it's the, yurk music it's just punk music it's yeah it used to be yurp music famous american yurp music no no yurt 
Oh, yurt music. Music yeah. from yurts. Y- music from yurts. Yeah, it's all like Tuvalu throat singing and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what they're all about now. <laughs> These kids on fucking Narshada. These Narshada kids love Tuvalu throat singers. Uh, all right, so anyway, he's hanging around waiting for Ankity Frump. The Sionian Scott biomorph. Yep. With hair as brittle as glass and uh, and gross too close set eyes. And honestly, I looked up uh, these guys to see what they were all about. And let's just say that if regular humans were fraggles, this one would be Boober. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for the 30-year-old HBO reference to old Muppet characters, but... Apparently, Sioni and Scut biomorphs all have like no eyes because they're hidden by their enormous hats. But they all, but most of their face is just a giant triangle nose sticking out the front. See, I was gonna say it felt like a Muppet version of like Andy Cap. Oh, that's, I can see that. I was gonna say it kind of, every Sioni and Scut biomorph kind of looks like a caricature of Angus Young. <laughs> yeah, I could also see that. <laughs> So, so anyway, that's what these stupid things are. But unfortunately, we won't meet him for a couple of scenes. No. Because right now, we get to watch an Imperial Spice Inspector come running out of a building for his life, screaming. Oh, ball sacks, <laughs> he says. He exclaims. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, what, that's not something we added. That's definitely in the book. Ball sacks, he says. Those were supposed to be spice sacks. Oh, who's, no. Who's importing illegal balls? These illegal ball sacks. <laughs> I'll need a huge bribe. <laughs> so uh, he's being chased by a couple of bounty hunters who immediately ice him. So he's not a real character. No. Uh, instead, we get to meet two brand new characters to the Star Wars canon, Spurched Warhog Goa. And D's. And D's nuts. <laughs> I wish his name was D's. It is, almost is. It's D's Nataz. I know. As soon as I saw that name, I was like, oh my God, please. <laughs> D's Nataz. <laughs> so we got, we got D's Nataz and Warhog Goa. Uh, we don't know that much about D's. We never really learn like what he is or anything like that. But Spurch Goa is a Diolian or Diolan. Which are gross bird people. Yeah, he's he's a weird birdman. Yeah. He's got no feathers on his face. They're like vulture guys. Yeah. So he's got no feathers on his face. He's got a big wide face with a fat bill on the front of it. And he's all scarred up. And the description is that he never really takes, takes off his clothes. He just puts more clothes on over the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah. So the two of them cack this uh, random Imperial Spice guy. And then Greedo kind of watches from while well, hiding behind a dumpster to see what's going on. Yeah. Now, Greedo has a huge boner for the idea of being a bounty hunter ever since his mom told him that his dad was one. Yes. His whole lifelong dream is to become a bounty hunter, and he has no idea how. And in fact, he has some information that he wishes he could sell to the Empire right now. Oh, boy. He, he knows where rebels are at. Yeah. There's a warehouse on the level that he lives on that, oh, rebels meet there and... Uh, he can sell that for so much to the Empire, but he has no idea how to get in contact with the Empire. And, you know, a random street kid from Narshadosh should not have a good idea of how to contact the Empire. Like, if you were to get that Imperial Spice guy and be like, hey, there's rebels, then he'd be like, thanks for the information, kid. I'm going to blast you and sell it to more important Imperials. Yeah. So, you know, he's been right so far to not talk about this. Uh and so he watches with trepidation and intrigue at these two bounty hunters who are clearly the greatest badasses in all of history. And not just two shitty bounty hunters. Yeah. Because, let's be clear, Star Wars has a big hard-on for bounty hunters, but on Earth, bounty hunters are gross. Oh, yeah. They're just real gross dirtbags that are like, I couldn't make it. 
being like a cop or nothing, yeah. but I like hunting dudes down. Yeah, I can't be a cop because I got way too many drug convictions and wife-beating accusations and what have you. I'd rather have a job where there ain't so much paperwork, you know? Yeah, when so, I beat a guy, it's just fine. Yeah, so I carry around bear mace and adopt a dumb persona and a gross wife and... I start talking about Jesus a lot. Folks, I hate fucking Dog the Bounty Hunter. So, he is the worst. So goddamn much. There it is. So just putting that out there. Actual Bounty Hunters, trash. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, interesting trash. Well, I mean, at least in the Star Wars universe, you still have that, you know, like I was saying, that kind of like Wild West feel. It's true. So you you do sort of have a place for Bounty Hunters to exist. Yeah. Like, in America, a Bounty Hunter is like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, what are, you, what are you here? A bounty for? hunter is a PI who's willing to carry bear mace. Yeah, that's that's what they are. They're just dirt bags, and, and so it's hard to to get that distinction. That's oh, Boba Fett's cool though, <laughs> and the difference is because the people he tracks have spaceships and blasters and stuff, and not like you know station wagons and debt. Yeah, it's not like oh, this guy reneged on whatever uh, like fee he owed to someone, and I'm gonna hunt him down, and then I don't know, I put him in debtor's him. prison. Yeah, <laughs> so. So anyway, he's watching these two bounty hunters, and they're like, hey, we caught him. Oh, shit. He was worth twice as much alive. Oh, well, let's go turn him in and get drinks. <laughs> and so the two of them start kind of walking towards, I guess, wherever they turn in bounties. I like to think it's kind of like a food mat sort of situation where you just slide them into a little like hole and yeah, no, money pops out. It's uh, it's like the book return for a library. There's just a slot. You shove them in. <laughs> it's a man slot. And then underneath it, it's a live man slot. <laughs> <laughs> So so uh, they start stomping by uh, Greedo, where he's hiding in the alley. And wouldn't you know it, right then, they're accosted by Gorm the Dissolver. Oh, Gorm. Gorm is, I couldn't tell if he was a droid or a Borg. I think he's like a, uh, like, like a, a, a Grievous. Okay. Like, like a General Grievous, where he's made out of a lot of different chunks of metal and flesh and different arrangements. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if this guy is like, like a Vader-esque, I've just replaced most of my shit with cyber parts, or if he's actually a droid. Yeah, I think he came from the other direction. He was a droid who manned himself up. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, like his... Uh... <laughs> what I need is more soft, goopy bits yeah. on me. There's a robot Obi-Wan somewhere who's explaining that he's, he's more man now than machine. <laughs> Evil and twisted. <laughs> and so he basically stomps up from behind them and, and holds them at blaster point, and he's like, hey, you two, you owe me money. And they're like, oh, no, we do owe you money. But see, we have a bounty right here. We're going to go turn him in and then cut you in on the deal. And he's like, not good enough. I'm just going to take your bounty. And the two of them start arguing and should blaster ensue. And Goa's big custom super blaster goes flying through the air where it lands immediately in front of Greedo. Yeah, because he has been hiding behind this wall. He has mm -hmm. no idea what's actually going on out there, which is why I'm like, how did this guy's gun fly over the wall? What did you do? Okay, so John, here we go with decision point for Greedo, number one. And I'm going to present it to you as a decision point. John, you are Greedo. A huge, smoking, expensive custom blaster has just landed right in front of you. It is still in perfect working order. No one has seen you yet. Do you A, abscond with the blaster, sell it, and be rich and happy? B, uh, <laughs> abscond with the blaster, try to use it as a bounty hunter, and get cacked immediately? Or C, Pick a random side in the bounty hunter fight and get involved. Well, obviously, I'm going to get involved. So, sure enough, Greedo chooses the red option, grabs the blaster, and shoots Gorm the, the Dissolver in the back. Yeah, I have to imagine that 
if this was the other way and he saw Gorm first, he would have shot, like, Goa. Uh-huh. He just picked bounty hunters he knew. He's like, oh, I've already seen these bounty hunters. That's a new guy. <laughs> Fuck a- the new guy. <laughs> yeah. Movies don't start with the bad guy. <laughs> so he just, he shoots Gorm the Dissolver, who falls over smoking, and then gives the blaster back to uh, to Goa. And here we come, right away, he's like, uh, they're like, hey, kid, thanks for your help. You want to get cut in on this bounty? And, John, here comes decision point for, for Greedo, number two. John, you've just been offered a bunch of money by a bounty hunter who could easily kill you. Uh, do you, A, take the money, disappear, and never be seen by this bounty hunter again, B, take the money, and then make an interesting offer to the bounty hunter, or C, refuse the money because you have an interesting offer for the bounty hunter you think may be? <laughs> Why, obviously, C. Oh, good choice. Because Greedo's like, oh no, I don't want a reward for helping save your life, even though you offered it free and clear. I have an idea for how you guys could make even more money. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I hate it so much. So he tells them where the rebels are in level 88, which let's just keep this as a running tag because level 88 is also where his family lives. Yep. We're just putting that out there. Level 88, very important. They're currently on level 92. Yeah, I I cannot believe what a gigantic moron Greedo is and I understand that he wants to be a bounty hunter mm-hmm. I get that mm-hmm. but him just being like hey guys I I know information that's super expensive and I'll just tell you and also it's definitely something bounty hunters need is information at random yeah <laughs> there's well, no bounty here well I mean you go okay you could sell this information for a shitload of money to the empire I'm going to give you back this weapon. Mm-hmm. I have none. Mm-hmm. I know that you are bounty hunters. Here, let me give you the information with no leverage, and you guys will be fine with cutting me in on that, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you guys will pay me, yes. You know, obviously a street dirt kid. Yeah, so. I have to imagine, being the fact that he has grown up on these the streets of Narshada, he wouldn't be that much of a goddamned idiot. Oh, but he is indeed, John. Uh, he is indeed. And remains so. So the very next scene, we cut away from him offering information to the bounty hunters, to him bragging to, finally, we get to meet him, Anki Framp, the oh, Sionian scup biomorph. Anki is a gross little weirdo who is technically human, uh, because that's what biomorphs are. They're modified humans in some way. Yeah, and I guess we modified a human to have brittle hair. Yeah, and eyes that are too close together and uh, skin the color of cheese. That's, boy howdy, it's a good thing we biomorphed them up. Apparently they are somewhat more uh, adept at thievery than humans, which is exactly what you do want to build. Uh, Good thieves. Yeah, that's Um, what you want. Good thieves. So so Anki Fremp is basically listening to Greedo brag about his recent adventures. Uh, Greedo's kind of going, yeah, and then I then I blasted him six ways till Sunday and immediately became best friends with Warhog Goa, the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, and he promised to cut me in on a deal and I'm going to buy me a spaceship and maybe I'll throw a couple of credits your way, Anki Fremp, the Sionian scup biomorph. Yeah. Uh... And, you know, Anki's kind of like, so aren't you worried that they're just going to blast you? And he's like, oh, they'd never blast me. We're the best of friends. Obviously. Duh. Anyway, I know where the spaceship I want to buy with the thousands of credits they're definitely going to give me, even though we didn't discuss numbers, are. So why don't we head on down there and look at that spaceship? Yeah, this uh, there's some mechanic that... Shug thinks. Yeah, Shug, <laughs> Shug Knight is uh, definitely the mechanic that we normally go to, and ooh, he's he's promised uh, to sell this thing to me because this spaceship is 
is waiting for me, baby. There's a sweet little Incom Corsair with my name on it, and I'm going to call it the Manka Cat. <laughs> so, anyway, he, they head off to Shugnings's, uh mechanic shop. And Shugnings's is a place where he has gone before to fence parts. Yeah. That's why they know him. And Shug, Shug likes, likes him. Yeah, Shug likes the kids because they bring him parts, and he can underpay them for them. Yeah. Uh, but Shug isn't here today. Unfortunately, it's just the mechanic's assistant, who doesn't really like these kids that much, Warb. Yeah, Warb's like, I don't like these kids, because they're little fucking thieves. Yeah, and every time I let them in the shop to sell stuff, they steal stuff from the shop. And it's it's trash, and I don't want them here. But he's like, like, hey kids, uh, Shugdinks isn't here. Do you got any parts to sell? No, we just want to look at a spaceship. Ugh. Okay, but if I catch you stealing anything, I'm going to blast you. <laughs> And he lets him in. So these two kids go in to look at the Incom Corsair spaceship, which he'll definitely own someday. Oh, he's definitely going to own that. Don't he's, you worry. He's definitely trying to disabuse Anki Fremp of the notion that he'll ever be a part of any of this. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to be a bounty hunter. You're just a little scup. No one's ever heard of a Sionian scup biomorph. Meh. Oh, that's a bounty hunter. I mean, we people have heard of you guys. I guess that's that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, someone's heard of you. I mean, I've heard of I, you. So. I, I said the name, so obviously, I, <laughs> I clearly I misspoke in this situation. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, All right. So here we come. They they are making their way to the Incom Corsair when they come across a pair of power couplings. Uh, the sort of thing exactly that Luke Skywalker needed so badly all the way back on... Oh, no, he needed power converters. Yeah. Please excuse me. Ooh. So a, a pair of power couplings, just the sort of thing that would be needed to keep a ship going nice and fast. And these aren't just any power couplings, exclaims Anki Fremp. Those are deck sixes. Oh, my. And uh, they're going to go into the some beat-up YT-1300. Oh, a slightly modified BT, uh, YT-1300 Corellian light freighter. Hmm. No one famous has one of those. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as soon as we find out that, oh, there's a, a weird beat-up YT-1300 here, you're like, okay. okay. All right, let's do this. Just, just bring him out. Yeah, let's do this. Parade but, that son of a bitch out for our enjoyment. But first, Anki has to convince uh, Greedo to steal the deck sixes. He says, wow, those are real power couplings. Those could sell for as much as 20,000 credits. And at this point, all I'm thinking is, oh, Greedo, drop everything, steal those, and start 40 bands. <laughs> We've established that <laughs> you can get off planet. 40 bands. That's as many as four tens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Because we've established, thanks to the previous book, that 500 credits is the amount you would need to get off planet and start a band. Yeah. So 20,000 credit power couplings means 40 bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could become the mogul of bands on Narshana. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to be out there like, look, I got 40 different bands. What kind of music do you like? Yank? <laughs> Yank? Jerk? <laughs> Tug? Spank? <laughs> Joke? I got them all. We got every kind of music that, that people listen to in Star Wars. <laughs> Also, you might want some of this sperm music. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We spell it differently. There's a Y there. Yeah, sperm. It's sperm. Oh, it's great music. Oh, oh, the music is wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to become the new Shugnings. <laughs> music mogul. Uh, but unfortunately, the moment he picks up the deck sixes and stores them under his jacket, he is immediately seized on by Chewbacca. And this is finally, for the first time, Oh, in all of his glory, a Chewbacca unencumbered cumbered by Princess Leia. Yeah, Chewbacca, <laughs> by his his lonesome, is like, hey, hey, idiots, no. So he just grabs Greedo one-handed and picks him up off the ground and rattles him till the deck sixes fall out. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, and, eh, eh, you. <laughs> then, and then he says something to him, and I love the way this book, this chapter, handles Chewbacca dialogue. Out of quotes, all caps, horn. Horn. In various spellings. So he just picks him up and horns at him real hard. Yep. Just horns him real good. <laughs> horns him up. <laughs> and, then, and then, sure enough, around from a corner comes Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, we knew we were going to get Han Solo here because the two characters had to have met before. Yeah. Uh, so Han pops out and is like, ah, Chewie, what, what's going on? Why do you have a Rodian? And, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Chewie? <laughs> so Chewie horns at him, and then Warb comes out, and he's like, ah, God damn it. Uh, sorry, boss, these these kids are trying to steal your deck sixes. And uh, it, Meanwhile, by kids, he means Greedo, because Anki Fremp, the Sionian Scott Biomorph, has escaped the book. Yeah, he is fucked right off. <laughs> we, we will never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has indeed run so far that he is out of this book now. There is an Angus Young caricature-shaped cloud of smoke in the room. <laughs> There's a hole in the wall that looks <laughs> like Andy Cap's Muppet just ran right through. And immediately on the other side of that wall is another wall with the same, <laughs> same hole in it. <laughs> And so on, and et cetera. Indeed. <laughs> so, the tale of Anki Fremp is over. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> anyway, uh, Han decides to mess with the kid a bit, uh, with Greedo. So, basically, he's like, oh, tried to steal my deck sixes, huh? Hey, Chewie, do we still have the old Modog power couplings we just took out? And Chewie's like, uh, yeah, Horn, definitely. Uh, horn, yeah, Horn. horn. Yeah, yeah, Horn. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Horn. But definitely Horn. So... <laughs> So he, they, they produce a pair of burned-out shitty power couplings, which Han says, all right, kid, you can just have these instead. But as a trade, I'm going to need that jacket. Dick bag. Han's being a dick. But, you know, someone did just try to steal his 40 bands worth of power couplings. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 fucking, I mean, dude, Chewie just wants to kill him. Well, Chewie's just being like, I'm going to shake this guy. It's what I do with kids. I just shake him. I mean, at the beginning of the scene, when Chewie picks him up, he's like, oh, shit, I'm definitely dead. And Chewbacca's basically implying, yes, you are definitely dead. You're definitely dead, you fucking thief. By the end of the scene, Chewbacca's like, ah, I think you were a little hard on that kid, Han. Harn. Harn. (laughs) That's why he hangs around with Han, by the way. Only name he can pronounce. Harn. Harn. (laughs) Harn Solo. (laughs) So, uh, so... That's the deal that happens. So not really a deal. He basically but, steals this kid's yeah. fucking jacket, doesn't want it, and he's like, hey, man, uh, you want this jacket? Yeah, he gives the jacket to Warb. Hey, hey Warb, you want a jacket? Yeah, oh. I got I got so many friggin' Rancor skin jackets, I'm good. Yeah, they're so cheap. They're, they're barely even a quarter of a band. Look, this this the Millennium Falcon used to belong to Lando. You best believe there's like 15 different occasion jackets in this thing. <laughs> I had to clear out some capes to make room for actual cargo. <laughs> capes! Lando has like 300 capes that he left on here, which means he has yet more capes than he didn't. This was just his travel capes. <laughs> just a big tupper, like a crate labeled travel capes on the yeah, side of it. These are the travel capes. I keep the good capes at home. <laughs> so, so they shake this kid loose of his jacket, give him a pair of burned-out shitty power couplings, which he throws on the floor, yells some threat, and runs away. Never to return, because Warb's like, I'm going to have to tell Shug about this. And yeah, when he you hears don't it, get to come back here. Yeah, this is the end for you. Uh, so they, well, Greedo leaves and goes running off crying to Warhog Goa. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just going to go see my good bounty hunter friend. My good friend who is definitely my real friend. My good, real bounty hunter friend. So he gets to Warhog, who... 
amusingly hates Rodians and thinks they smell bad. Yeah, he's like, oh, fucking Rodians. They're like garbage. I hate them. Ugh. I'm just going to have to finish up the process of tricking this crappy-ass kid. So, so Being around him makes me vomit in my like, beak. He's like literally says, oh, uh, Rodians specifically smell bad to Diolans. It's not my fault. I think you're a stinky little bastard. It's genetic. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, Rodi, or Rodia, Greedo pulls up to get his money, and he's all excited about getting a whole bunch of credits so we can buy a spaceship. I don't know where. He just cut off his source. Yeah, he's like, well, maybe if I show up with money, then fucking I'll be able to buy that ship. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, Warhog pulls out 200 credits and throws it to the kid. He's like, there you go, kid, for your help in the deal of turning in those rebels, because he's already exchanged the deal with an Imperial operator, uh, or Warhog Goa has. Yeah. Uh and Greedo's all sad about it. He's like, 200 credits? That's like when you open the check from your parents for your birthday and it's like a dollar. And you're like, what? How, how come this isn't like $500? We talked about this. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and Warhog can immediately tell. And he's like, hey, what do you want, kid? I, I thought you wanted to train to be a bounty hunter with me. That costs credits. That costs 20,000 credits. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. He's, he brings out the giant wad of credits and he's like, now you could have this big old wad of credits and go run around and spend it on dumb crap like an idiot kid. Or I keep it yeah. and I teach you the secrets of bounty hunting. Now, John, I'm afraid we skipped a decision tree moment for Greedo, which is you don't have a spaceship. You see some power couplings for a spaceship that is definitely going to get you in trouble if you take them. Do you take them so you can keep them around in case you ever get a spaceship or <laughs> not? Now, we skipped that one, but here we are at decision tree number four. Do you... Take the the the, uh, the lessons on how to be a bounty hunter from this bounty hunter who has already told you he's leaving soon. Yep. Or do you take the money he is offering you, turn your back, and disappear forever? <laughs> Which do you do, Greedo? Oh, Greedo. Greedo's like, I don't need money. What I need is to be a cool bounty hunter, and, and definitely Goa will teach me all of the secrets. <laughs> and then Goa's like, all right, kid, good choice. You've chosen to give me the 20,000 credits. Now so that I will teach you to be a bounty hunter. But let me give you a third option. Now, I have these magic beans. Ooh, shit. <laughs> if you eat these magic beans, you'll be a bounty hunter. That's how we all do it, kid. But it takes about uh, two days to <laughs> work, and I got, I'm going to be out of here tomorrow, so... <laughs> bounty beans, we call them. Ah, all, all the Mandalorians have eaten them. <laughs> They're Mandalorian bounty beans. That's that's what gives the Mandalorians their great bounty hunting capabilities. So he takes the deal where Warhog Goa is going to teach him to be a bounty hunter. Meanwhile, we actually have to cut into space. Ah, yes, cutting to space. Because this is interesting. This chapter has fucking Vader in it. Vader shows up in a goddamn Star Destroyer and is immediately like, Hey guys, when we get the Rebels this time, let's let's be sneaky about it. I'm like... You showed up in a fucking Star Destroyer. I know, he's right. He's in orbit around the planet in a Star Destroyer. This is a hut-controlled space. Like, and then he immediately just starts going off on, oh, this time we can't let the Rebels know we're here. I mean, this is pretty good Vader writing because it's very Vader from the movies where he's like, he's like, random second in command I, I'm in charge of. I want you to take the Rebels alive or you'll end up like the last second in command I was in charge of. Dead. I'll kill you. I'll kill you with the Force. <laughs> and the guy's like, yes, Vader. Yeah, 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 sure. we know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look, this time we're going to go in there and we'll, we'll get them alive. We're not just going to kill them all. Uh -huh. I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen. Okay. All right, Because they, they definitely 
don't know we're coming now that you have parked the giant fuck off signal for the Imperials are here above their space. He's like, good. Well, anyway, the, their plan is to send down, the, the Empire's plan, is to send down a pair of, of uh, freighters full of Imperial weaponry that are disguised to look like regular freighters. Yeah, they've basically fucking like duct taped on some cardboard things that say definitely not Imperial to the side. Uh-huh. I love that idea that it's just like they send down TIE fighters that just have freighter written on the side of them. Yeah, because <laughs> when they go down, the rebel like lookout who's see, got a, Yeah, he's like, I'm basically not paying attention. And he lets these freighters kind of go by and he goes, hey, wait, wait, what the fuck? Hold on. He's like barely looking. And he sees them go by. Not a freighter. Yeah, OK. Yeah, those are, yeah so, that seems yeah, right. Uh, that said freighter on it. Wait a minute. That said not a freighter. <laughs> Yeah, like, he doesn't even try. Hold on, wait a minute. None of this shit makes sense on that ship. So this lookout character is a big damn hero. He doesn't even get a name because of how easy it was. He's just like, oh, oh, hold on. Hey, guys, we got Imperials incoming. Just, Jesus Christ, the dumbest idiots ever. Look, there's two TIE Fighters. They are labeled not TIE Fighter on the side of them in white paint. Yeah. They are TIE Fighters, so, you know. (laughs) You know, be on the lookout for that one. Light them up. (laughs) (laughs) So the Rebels are start preparing for a big old firefight. Uh, okay, so at this point, uh, <laughs> while back, way back at the bar, Greedo is still hanging around with Diz and Warhog Goa, uh, drinking something called Tatooine Sunburns and feeling all proud of himself. Yeah. Because he's going to become a real bounty hunter. And then he starts hearing explosions go off. Well, yeah, we get uh, a cut to the fucking rebels mm-hmm. who have wheeled out a shitload of armaments yeah. so that the second these freighters show up, there's like, all right, and we ion cannon one of your goddamn ships immediately. Yeah, and it just falls into the void of, of the bottom of Narshada and so on. And then and the other one, shit up. like, they start trading fire and blow up the other one eventually. Mm-hmm. And so, at so that the, point, you can imagine Vader's like, all right, well, fuck it, blow up the planet, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're losing to these stupid rebels who, unfortunately, were weapon smugglers, and so they, it turns out they have a lot of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, maybe maybe we're idiots. So, yes, definitely. So, Greedo hears the firefight, and for the first time in his tiny Brodian brain life, he goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> my family lives next door to those rebels. Oh, yeah. We have to use their bathroom sometimes. <laughs> That's... That's right. I forgot that we live on the same level as these people that I just sold out to the Empire, who is definitely known for the restraint they use when going after rebels. I've doomed my clan, he (laughs) says to himself. And then he goes, all right, Goa, I have to go warn my family so they can evacuate. And Goa goes, oh, yeah, go ahead, kid. Oh, by the way, I'm leaving for Tatooine the moment you turn your back on me. Oh, by the way, uh, now that Imperials are here, I'm going to get the fuck out. We're leaving because Jabba's put up a bunch of contracts on Tatooine, and we're going to go get them. So, hey, if we don't see you, thanks for the 20,000 credits, dummy. Anyway, bye, idiot. And, and Greedo's like, well, fuck. Okay, I do have to go warn my family. So he runs, gets in a turbo lift, goes down to level 88. It's too late. The door won't open. Yep. Secretly, it's been sealed. Yeah. Secretly, Greedo is a little pleased for himself. He's like... Oh, good, because I didn't really want to see my family anyway. I want to be a bounty hunter, and I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I fucking, he goes back up, and Goa at least is like, hey, man, you want to come with me? You can you can be a bounty hunter with me if you want. Yeah, part of it is that Goa is, is actually on his side. The other part is that at this point in the story, in the bar on Nar Shaddaa, he's already been seen by other Rodians, who he thinks are just bounty hunters. Yeah. Uh, and Goa has already started talking to the other Rodians, and... 
well, it's just Greedo being a big dumb idiot. And he's like, oh, sure, I'll come with you. Yay. Well, I'll be a bounty hunter. And he's like, all right, kid, just get in this ship. I'm sure your family will be fine. And then immediately following that, like several levels of Narshada are destroyed because Vader does not fuck around. <laughs> yep. And he destroys like 20 floors of the section where Greedo's family used to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, There's a smoking <laughs> crater where these Rodians used to be. And, and fucking Goa and Diz are straight up cheering. They're like, woo, look at that. Look at the crazy amount of destruction. We, we were responsible for that. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, we were, but mostly you. Huh, Greedo? Yeah, uh, Greedo? You did that. Your whole family's dead, you big shit. <laughs> you big dumb idiot. You fucked everyone. <laughs> so, so Greedo's like, uh... Well, I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and away they fly into space towards Tatooine. <laughs> oh, good lord. Now, you'd think that might be the end because these are short stories, but this is a long short story. Yeah, this goes on for like 40 pages. So now we cut to the inside of the bar on Tatooine. We're in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Uh, it's not the scene you think it's going to be, though. Instead, no. they're just hanging around having like a bounty hunter pizza party. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got to go get some fucking contracts from Jabba. So... While they're hanging around in the bar, Greedo's getting all excited to see all these bounty hunters come in. He's at first a little scared because Gorm the Dissolver is there. Oh no, Gorm. And, you know, Goa explains that to kill Gorm the Dissolver, you have to do like six different things. Yeah, you really gotta melt that guy down. I love this scene because it's just yet one more reminder that Greedo is a failure. Because the one thing he ever did, which was kill that random bounty hunter to help these other two guys out, he did not do. No. <laughs> he has not done anything successful ever. <laughs> He's the old Gil of Star Wars. <laughs> That's So, Gorm's still there. He's picked up some plum bounty to kill someone named Zardra, and he does not even care about, you know, Goa and shit. Yeah, he gives no fucks. Yeah, he's just happy to be a big robot who's basically invincible. Uh, and then, you know, he, there's a scene where Greedo's watching all the bounty hunters uh, kind of stroll in, and he lists off the species, and I love that scene. Because huh. he's like, all right, what do we got coming in here? We got Weakways, Aqualish, Arcona. Deffels, Coronians, Phnebs, Quillheads, uh, let's see, Bomadons, and of course, the inevitable ganks. <laughs> ah, yes. The inevitable ganks. Now, I wish the inevitable ganks was one guy. I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> yeah, the inevitable ganks. <laughs> that's just what he calls himself. Hi, everyone. I'm the inevitable ganks. <laughs> I'm here to hunt some bounties. <laughs> hey! I'm the worst kind of bounty hunter. I just hunt low-level targets. <laughs> but I'm inevitable. <laughs> then I spawn camp them. I spawn camp them good, and when they try to res, I ganks them. It's inevitable. <laughs> ah. Unfortunately, ganks are a species of bounty hunters, and would you believe, John, that they were they were first uh, displayed in the Dark Empire comic book series, written by one Tom Veitch? Ooh. Yeah, he's just making little references to himself here and there. Yeah, that's fine. Good times. He's really yerking himself off I here. Mean, actually, they were the first. that was the first time they were put back into the universe. Ganks are originally from a scene in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you see, there's a scene in Empire Strikes Back where Han is explaining why he needs to leave with the money right now uh, when they're in the Hoth ice base. Yeah. And he's saying, look, I got to go deal with this whole situation or else they're going to start sending even more bounty hunters after me. They're going to send out, they're going to send uh, the inevitable ganks and they're going to send Bacallan freeze devils and all kinds of weird words he says. It's all cut. It never happened. It was in the script. And then it, because it was in the script, it showed up in, like, the novelization and the radio show and, like, some posters and stuff. And so for years, people were like, what the fuck are ganks? What's now, a gang? Now, so at about the same time that everyone was having the big story, like, uh, 
rumor mill amongst themselves about whether or not Boba Fett was Luke Skywalker's dad. (laughs) People were wondering what the fuck ganks are. And so they've been sort of floating around as a thing for forever. All right. There you go. That's why they're that's why they're so inevitable. So inevitable. No one expects the ganks. <laughs> so the yeah, the they're gonna go get some contracts from Java because mm-hmm. Gorm's got a sweet contract and all the bounty hunters here are just like, Oh, it's fucking Bounty Hunter contract Christmas, apparently, from Java. He's just handing them out. And for reasons I'm not sure of, we have to get the whole story of who Zardra is, and that's just the never-seen contract that was issued to Gorm. Yeah, it was like, oh, Gorm has to go hunt Zardra. And- because she was working with Jodo Cast, which, he, he's a color swap Boba Fett. Yeah. And- like, literally, a col- he's a blue Boba Fett from back before uh, Jango Fett was a thing. Yeah, and... It's just the whole story of, oh, she killed a hut, so that's why she's worth so much. Put but- a grenade in his mouth, and only because he rolled over on top of her on accident. Yeah. yeah I'm sure that was on accident, by the way. Well, I'm no, sure- it's there- he was in the middle of a firefight that they were in, and he got shot off of his palanquin onto her. I don't believe it. I think he intentionally rolled off his palanquin onto her. Harvey Weinstein the hut is a dangerous foe, John. <laughs> oh, Weinstein Oh, the hut. no, look what happened. Oh, I can't get up. I keep falling down. I'm going to have to wriggle my way off you. <laughs> and grenade in the mouth. <laughs> so uh, Zardra was more or less betrayed by Jodo Cast, but it's too late now. Jabba's really mad at her for killing a hut, and so, I don't know why, yeah. the huts don't have all that much loyalty between each other, but he's put a huge $50,000 bounty on her head, enough to st- credit bounty, enough to start a hundred bands. So many fucking bands. <laughs> so so Gorm's going to go kick her ass. Yeah. And we actually get at this point to... Oh, we also see uh, Han Solo stroll in. And then immediately turn left and stroll right the fuck back out. Yeah. You're like, oh, is this the scene? No, it isn't. We're just cock-teasing <laughs> it's, you. It's that scene where where Grandpa walks into the, the bordello and... Or, uh, Lou, God damn, I keep saying Star Wars people. Bart is working the security at the door. Have you ever seen that meme? Yeah. Grandpa walks in, does the full circle, walks right back out. Yeah. That's Han in this scene. Yeah. So, no, they're just cock-teasing whether or not this is the scene where Greedo dies. Yeah, The but first they have to go to Jabba, and he's like, hey, we're handing out contracts, and, uh, you know, we, we could have you go get Han Solo. And, of course, Greedo's like, fuck that guy. He stole my jacket. I want that bounty. And even Diz is like, uh, nah, dude. You don't want that bounty. I'm not taking it. That guy That guy always gets revenge. Dude, do not fuck around with Han Solo. And he's like, nah, I'm going to wreck that dude's day. I'm a main character. Decision point, number five. Gre- <laughs> Greedo, you're standing in front of Jabba the Hutt. Do you take the worst, most horrible bounty possible for no reason and not that much money? And you have to bring him back in alive? Or do you take random other bounties that are small and easy because you're new? Well, I'm going to go after... Han Solo. <laughs> so, a, a bounty that both Goa and Diz turned down. They're like, eh, you can have that. Jabba, do you have anything else that we could get? I, I feel like if you're a bounty hunter, basically the last thing you want to do is take on a bounty you've heard of. Yeah. It's like, give me someone who's got, like, no name at all. <laughs> well, I mean, fucking Gorm's going after someone they've heard of. Yeah, but Gorm's a big old motherfucker. <laughs> Gorm is a motherfucker. I mean, Gorm's got a nickname. He's the Dissolver. He's safe to go after someone we've heard of. Exactly. He's not even inevitable. Yeah, he's not Greedo's even, just shit. He's not even the inevitable ganks, one of the most terrifying bounty hunters in the galaxy. <laughs> and he's always there. He's always getting you. And he always gets you. Oh my god, the inevitable ganks is my new favorite character. <laughs> so, 
but he takes the uh, he takes the bounty to go kill Han, uh, and Goa is urging him on. Oh yeah, Goa's like, do it, man, <laughs> do, do it. it. I hey, fucking dare fucking, you. I, this is perfect. Yeah, get him. I think you could. I'll back you up. I totally will, dude. Okay, you can't see me, but I'm backing you up from this alleyway, dude. Goa's like your slightly older friend who has a bottle of tequila in one hand. <laughs> A shopping cart in the other and a raised eyebrow in, in this situation. He's like, hey, you want to do something fucking stupid? There's a hill near here. <laughs> fucking Greedo then goes to confront Han in the uh, the hangar where Han was. Oh, that's right. I forgot. There's like three scenes of him confronting Han for some reason. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to go get Han. And he just shows up and he's like, hey, you Jabba wants you, and, like, that's his whole plan. Yeah, and Han Solo, basically converted to Bugs Bunny for the duration of this book, is like, we'll get you the money in a couple of days, Doc. And and Greedo's like, yeah, that sounds good. But uh, fucking Han, like, palms a blaster underneath a rag that he's Mm -hmm. using to, like, clean his hands, and he's like, God, I don't want to have to kill this guy. Let's see if I can charm him away first. He's like, look, I've got this money. In fact... I've got more than enough money, and I could give you some money mm-hmm. tomorrow Go away. if you fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to pay you tomorrow if I, you just leave. Well, give me the money now then, Han. Oh, I can't. It's bolted to the spaceship. Yeah, we're going to have to unbolt it, and that takes a while. But tomorrow, if you fuck off, <laughs> we'll definitely pay you money. And he's like... Yeah, that sounds great. I love money. I'm a big, dumb fucking moron. I'm a big idiot. Decision tree number six. Failed. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he's like, oh, I've got uh, my partner in the alleyway. He's got his blaster trained on you. And when he leaves, Han's like, hey, Chewbacca, did that fucking guy in the alley fuck off? And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy left immediately. (laughs) He was never there. (laughs) So he shows up the next morning. To get the money from Han, who's just sitting there eating breakfast. And he's like, hey man, uh, I don't have the money yet, but I tell you what, <laughs> I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> and Greedo, you know, kind of rocking a hard place here, Doesn't can't figure out how he's going to bring Han in, because he can't just shoot both of them without killing them, which is yeah, stu- stun setting. Yeah, Jabba wants... I mean, doesn't really care so much about Han. He wants the money back. Yeah, he just wants the money, and he wants to punish Han. Yeah. So he's like, get me the money and bring me Han so I can fuck with him. Uh, But uh, Greedo keeps going up like, all right, I've got this blaster. Come with me. And Han's like, nah, plus I got a Wookiee. Uh, hey, I'm eating breakfast. You want breakfast, kid? Yeah. Huh? Oh, no? All right, well, fuck off. <laughs> and just, just Han is basically like the equivalent of just holding him by his head while Greedo swings. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Greedo has no idea what he's doing, and it's so well done. But uh, <laughs> but he's basically like, well, I come with me then. Nah. Nah, I'm good. Okay, well, I, I could shoot you. No, you can't. You're supposed to bring me alive. Damn. I've never heard of stun settings, so... Uh, well, I've got... And again, another situation where he's like, well, I've got my buddy here. You're like, no, nah, your buddy fucked off. <laughs> yep. So he leaves. And he so... gives up. And, and then they have to go beg to Jabba to let him kill him instead. They're like, please, Jabba, let my idiot Rodian kill Han. And at that point, we get to where Jabba's like, you know what? Fine. But you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm raising the bounty to like 100,000 credits, and fuck it, anyone can kill him. Yeah, so he opens up the bounty. He also says uh, the way that this is going to work is if you kill Han, you have to bring me the deeds to his ship, and I'll sell that to recoup my losses. Yeah, he's like, you give me a dead Han and the deed to his ship, and we're fine. Yeah. Also, there's, uh, I'd say, about a page and a half of them describing how stinky Jabba the Hutt is. Yeah. In case you were feeling short on that. In oh, case you wanted to know he, how rank it is in there. He exudes a nacreous scent of death. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> and there's one of those jokes where turns out Goa speaks Huttese. So he's like, oh, mighty Jabba. And then they're like, what'd you say to him? I called him a fat piece of gross shit. <laughs> they're like you did not say a goddamn word of that yeah and he's like oh i definitely did and then he said thanks for calling me something that smells like the inside of a fart dog's mouth because <laughs> that's what huts like huts like to be called stinky it's like ah, okay i get the i get the slapstick sure so now we finally get the famous scene yeah because greedo's allowed to kill han but unfortunately the bounty's open so he has to hurry so he rushes right to the cantina and he sets up shop and sure enough, there's he's got a big mug of ale, and he's sitting there, and there's some folks coming in to talk to Han, and one of them looks real scary because he cut off an Aqualish's hand. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, oh no, I don't, I don't want to go over there now. There's a lot of people. Yeah. But then soon, both of the, the new guys leave, and the Wookiee's gone. Now's my chance. So Goa, like, you'll back me up, right? And Goa's <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, huh? What? Yeah, obviously. Uh, sure, whatever. Sure. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I've got your back. You, yep. This isn't a cell phone, kid. It's a gun. Yeah, just, just shove somebody. He's like, you go get him, buddy. Yeah, my, of course my gun plays fucking Crystal Castle. What are you talking about? <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop. Ooh, don't bonus zone. Ooh. <laughs> just straight up hitting on the Tonica sisters. Uh, so... So, you know, you know what happens here. He goes over there. He contr- he confronts Han. He gets clowned, in, clowned on and shot by Han. Uh, yep. And then Han gets up, flips a coin to the bartender, and takes off like a cool iced main character. Yeah. And fucking, we then find out that the only reason that this happened is because Goa then collects the bounty for Greedo. Last fr- of the Tutsus. From some other Rodians that he had been talking to, because he's like, oh... I wasn't going to, like, just... These Gre- these fucking Rodians wanted to kill Greedo, mm-hmm. but they couldn't be seen hunting their own people. Mm-hmm. So they had to get a bounty from someone else, and Go was like, oh, I just pointed him towards Han Solo, because that guy was definitely going to kill him. <laughs> like, don't fuck with Han Solo. Yeah. That guy's got PC Halo. He does. You can see it. <laughs> that guy is a main character. Don't fuck with him. Look, of all the people in the bar right now, he's the only one who, when they call cut, is going to go to a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... So I just, you know, nudged Greedo to go after a, a, a way more dangerous target than he should have. Uh-huh. He got murdered, and now I get money for it. Yeah, because these those two gro- Rodians he's been talking to the whole time, wouldn't you know it, they're Chatza hunters trying to eliminate the Tutsu clan or whatever. Yep. So it turns out that the story of Greedo is one of him being a big dumb asshole for his entire <laughs> life and then he died yep he was basically just yerking himself off for his entire career it was it's just sad like man this guy is the worst decision maker ever mm-hmm. and there's no point where you're like oh yeah poor guy this was just you know circumstance you're like no no, you always chose wrong forever. You're the dumbest person. <laughs> he was an innocent victim of chumpin' being. <laughs> like, when you first see that scene in uh, New Hope, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, you assume Greedo 
knows Han because he's been working for Jabba as a bounty hunter and is a competent guy. Yeah, I always figured that he was kind of a low-level bounty hunter because, you know, he's the first thing that Han deals with, and he doesn't have anything cool going on. He's like, what are you? I'm a gross-looking alien in a jacket. Who cares? Well, I mean, I always assumed Greedo was just... I work for Jabba. I've mm-hmm. been working for Jabba. That's the reason you know me. Yeah. And why, you know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Like, there's now we, some history there. Now we know that he was just the local dork who tried to run afoul of the Bugs Bunny of Narshada. Yeah, it was just, just, oh, I've been waiting for this for a long time because you stole my jacket once. Yeah, because he says that in New Hope. He's like, I've, I've been waiting for this for a long time. And he's like, hasn't it been like a couple of days? <laughs> By the way, were you one of those Rodians that all died on that one planet? Sure sad someone tipped off the Imperials. Yeah, man. Man. That must have sucked. Whoever that was, I hope they were either in the blast and got killed as well. They feel real bad about now. Man, those Rodians, they're but, all dead. But you're mad about your jacket, though, right? That's that's what this is about? This is a this is a whole jacket situation that we're doing at the moment, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not that someone just killed their own mom. <laughs> Yeah, you apparently don't even give a shit about that. You're actually just angry about a jacket. Jesus Christ, Greedo, get your shit together. <laughs> and that's the tale of Greedo. That's it. Once again, I didn't hate this chapter. It's probably a little long-winded. It's a little long. Like I said, it's about 40 pages. Yeah. But it also... <laughs> Man, the fact that this chapter just clowns on Greedo left and right, I'm like, I'm kind of okay with it. And I like the little touches on the side margins. I love Anki Fremp. Yeah, no, there's the Manka cats are great. Yeah, the Manka cats. I love uh, I love Sionian scut biomorphs. I love York or uh, Yank. York music. York. Yeah, yeah. Jerk. Ch- <laughs> Chike music. Yeah, um, I like Warhog Goa. We didn't really talk that much about Diz, but he's apparently wearing the armor of an ancient Itholan, which was a, a species that went to war with the Mandalorians and lost. Who cares? How many species are there where that's the whole thing they have? <laughs> My whole species is defined by the fact that they were killed by someone else. The Mandalorians are the worst part of Star Wars lore. They're basically like the G.I. Joes of Star Wars. <laughs> you can completely do without them. Uh... So so anyway, uh, but otherwise, great story overall. Love, love to watch Greedo getting clowned on. Maybe a little long. Like, I probably didn't need the whole story of why Zardra's in trouble. Yeah. I was like, who is? why are we reading about this? Yeah, I really don't need to know just how stinky Jabba is. Yeah, do you have the concept of a short story down, right? <laughs> like, that means a story that is short. Huh. <laughs> I half expected this Greedo story to end with him standing up dramatically and going, Hey, fuck you, Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before I take you to Jabba Han, I want to tell you why I have all these pink ping pong balls. <laughs> Blast! Oh, oh no, we'll never learn. <laughs> and it turned out there was no punchline. <laughs> da 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 da. Greedo. Oh, Greedo, the shaggy dog story of a big dumb moron. <laughs> so, uh... So next week, folks, tune in for the tale of the Tonica sisters. Uh, this will also be John and I's first interaction with who is normally regarded to be the only good Star Wars author, uh, Timothy Zahn. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, dipping my toe into that Zahn pool. Yeah, yeah, you should listen to Zahn, dude. He's, he's your buddy. He's trying to help you out. Uh, so so uh, we're learning about the Tonica sisters, who I had no idea who they were until I Googled up a picture of them, and I was still like, oh, well, I guess they were in the background for a frame. Yeah, there's... Every chapter has a little drawing of whoever they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I saw the one for the Tonica sisters, and I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I don't the drawing remember is your black shit. and white, which makes it look like they're both wearing wide 80s ties. Oh, yes. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> it does. They look like they're in the bangles. 
Pirates? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, so I can't wait to learn more about them. Uh, the other thing is that they aren't even drawings. I, if you notice when you Google them and you look at the studio photo they took of them, like in costume for costume testing, they traced that picture from that. All right. Like their legs are in the exact same positions and stuff. So it turns out that all of these are traced from from uh, costume test pictures. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So anyway, tune in next week for the t- for Hammer Tong, the tale of the Tonica sisters. Uh, I can't wait to find out what kind of super weapon that is, because there's no way it isn't. (laughs) Ah, hammer tong. (laughs) So, uh, anyhow, as always, this has been the Expounded Universe podcast, and guess what? We're not done, because we're going to go record some bonus content right now. Ooh, baby, we're going to dive deep into that Wikipedia. We're going to bring some stories to you about whatever the fuck. Yeah, stuff inspired by what we were just listening to. I've had a couple of good ideas, so I feel like I'm ready to go. John, you got something you want to talk about? No, I've got nothing. Oh shit! Well, we're gonna have to. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk about Dianoga cheese. <laughs> it's the color of Sioni and Scott Biomorphs. All right, Jeff, over to you. <laughs> and that was me. I hope you got something long today. Oh, John, for you, I have something long every day. Wink. Your music. <laughs> no, uh, to get access to the bonus content of this here Star Wars podcast, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $2 level or higher. Yep, and that gets you all this content. Weekly bonus episodes and bi-weekly system mastery bonus episodes. Six bonus episodes a month on average. Yeah, and that costs you $4 for six bonus contents. It's, it's stupid. amazing. Even our fans are yelling at us about how cheap everything is. They're like, just raise your prices, you stupid idiots. You guys are dumb. Why are you doing this? Why and are, we agree. And why we are, are the greedos of podcasting. <laughs> yep. Why aren't you doing ads, you you dorks? And honestly, it's because I think my audience is smart enough to not buy loot crates and compressed mattresses. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Because there's no way I can, with a straight face, read <laughs> some some copy from a guy and be like, Yes, go, please go to Warby Parker and get your glasses. It'll mm-hmm. be great. Did you guys know that Lisa can compress a mattress the size of a mini fridge? This is a useless fact because after you unwrap the damn thing and put it on your bed, you'll never need to fucking compress it again and you won't be able to anyway. Good luck returning it, you dumb shit. <laughs> uh, buy this $900 mattress where its only interesting feature is compactability. Hey guys, did you want to pay $20 a month and we'll send you a t-shirt and like a sticker or something? <laughs> Loot crate. Yeah, for if you have way so so much nerd money that you don't even want to pick the things you buy with it. Yeah, we're ba- <laughs> we're basically like a box of shit you would get out of a grabber claw machine that costs 5 cents, mm-hmm. but we're going to charge you $20 for it because yeah, fuck it. Good luck canceling. Welcome to Loot Crate. <laughs> Folks, Blue Apron here. Do you want to make your own food but put ma- put aioli on literally everything? And oh, you're ha- goddamn right I do. <laughs> Jesus, you're talking my language now. <laughs> I, that's, the, that's the only reason I can't do the Blue Apron ads, John. First of all, for some reason, they seem to be five minutes long invariably. Second, they put fucking aioli on everything, and I can't recommend any of their food. Oh, I can't. I hate mayonnaise. I fucking love aioli. <laughs> I'm all about it. It's just gooier mayonnaise. That's all I want. Oh, God. All I, I want is mayonnaise that tastes like garlic. Oh, God. Just put garlic on there. Nah. Nah. All right. Well, anyway, we we respect and trust you, the listeners, far too much to bother advertising dumb shit to you. And as a result, we just count on those Patreon donations. So, you know, show up and help us out. I got a baby to think of in literally one month. Yeah. I've got a baby to think of, too. Is it the poop you're about to take? Yeah. Okay. I've got a poop baby. <laughs> All right. <Thanks>. Babies? <laughs> Babies. So, anyhow... uh, Go ahead and support us at patreon.com slash system mastery for more content like like that. 
And uh, otherwise, find us at SystemMastery at gmail.com, SystemMastery on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, all those places, or our website, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Listen to our other fine shows, such as, I don't know, System Mastery, or Movie Mastery, or this show, Expounded Universe. The yeah, expanded, listen to the show you listen to. The expanded discussion of Star Wars podcast ephemera. Yeah. That's uh, li- us. Listen to that. And otherwise, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano, and I love death sticks. Hi, I'm Greedo. Can I get some death sticks? Those sound great. <laughs> Why, you absolutely can. Let me tell you, first of all, that they're called death sticks because they definitely kill you. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, there's a 44% chance you'll die, a 31% chance you'll die horribly, and a 3% chance you'll get cool superpowers. I like those odds. I'm Greedo. <laughs> Well, they're also a thousand credits each, so you could just start two bands instead. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I've got a thousand credits burning a hole in my pocket, and I want death sticks. All right, then. Good night. Good night.